otherwise on SAFM. Pramila, welcome and thank you for joining us. Thank you for inviting me. You are such a peaceful soul. I mean, you walk in here and already I'm feeling I, I can breathe better. You know, you gave a workshop this weekend Mm -hmm. and your workshop was titled Being Present to My Feminine Power. Um, And this was at the Women in Humanity Arts Festival. Was it well attended? It was extremely well attended. In fact, Marlene Rue said it was such a huge success. So we are actually, as part of the organizing team, and women's empowerment programs are absolutely superb. Well, because I missed it, I was, I was jealous, selfish enough to say, okay, come and give it to us in the studio, because we all want to be present in our feminine, um, or reach out to our feminine side. But you, you give a lot of, you just, your, your work goes beyond just yoga, right? You give, you give um, uh, corporate wellness uh, sessions, team building sessions, etc. Yes, absolutely. You see, people, people need to understand that yoga is way beyond the mat. Mm-hmm. It's a very deep, it's a very rich philosophy. So when we are able to experience our true nature, we, we need to be able to reach out to others as well. So the work can extend to all different facets and dimensions of life. So to take it to the corporate wellness programs, it's about teaching them or helping them to, again, recenter their focus, because otherwise we get caught up in our work situations. We get so caught up um, with our identity as, as it is defined in the workplace or any other place for that matter. Mm-hmm. And we need to sort of unravel that. To say, but there are other layers to our existence. You know, even working on a socio-economic, socio-religious level, one needs to be able to take this message through to others, because we are just too much. We identify too much with our external trappings, and we need to be mm. able to uncover. We need to peel off those layers, and the yoga is a beautiful skill and tool that allows you to do that. Does yoga then go hand in hand with meditation? Yes, um, meditation, um, when one starts to practice yoga, and when we deepen that science, we go into the state of meditation. In fact, it's almost a spontaneous and automatic process, mm. but you can also have yoga in meditation. So when you understand the concept of what is meditation really, in fact, our day-to-day work can become meditative. Okay. So when an artist is painting, and the artist is so engrossed that the the, the subject which is yourself and the object with which you are dealing with becomes one, then that is a form of meditation. Is that a state that we should strive for on a daily basis to know that we actually are in the right profession or doing the right thing all the time? Absolutely, Shadow. You know the beauty of meditation is that because it takes you deeper into your inner being, into the heart center, into the level of your soul, and, and, and that is beyond any religious, any kind of other you know, barriers that we might experience in our day-to-day lives. Mm-hmm. When we reach that point, it's almost as if there's a huge cleansing that happens, and anything that you're actually wanting to know, it's going to spontaneously pop up in that moment. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it's about clearing your space, your mental and physical space every day, and to be able to tap into those other realms of existence. Is there something each individual has that they find within themselves? For instance, what I find within that space of Mm -hmm. being quiet or connecting with my soul would be different from what you find. Is this what makes us individuals? Or are we looking for the same thing when we go into that space? Because 
everyone battles to find what it is that we should be feeling and finding. And I know you're going to give us a practical movement sure. soon, <laughs> but I want I want us to know what we look for when we do that practical in a minute. I think ultimately what we need to understand that we're all striving for the same. Mm. We're all striving for peace. We're all striving for liberation, whether it is freedom of political or, or, or liberating the soul or liberating our feminine power. Ultimately, the end result is the same because that is, that is that aspect that unifies us on a universal level. That's what we're all wanting to aspire to because at that level, there are no barriers mm. which transcend. You talk about the feminine power within us. Mm-hmm. Um, that doesn't mean only females, eh? It, no. Males also need to find that feminine power. Actually, we are all made of a beautiful combination of masculine as well as feminine energy. And it's how do we harness those? Because we need both to survive. It's the polarities of life. So it isn't that the feminine power is the stronger one. I think what we'll find that um, depending on what we're doing in life, at certain times the masculine power, masculine power in the yoga philosophy, it's more what you put out in the universe. It's mm-hmm. that external power. It's what you project. It's what we say that is linked to the sun. And our internal power is the moon energy, the lunar energy, that energy of inner reflection. So what yoga actually means is the balance of the solar and the lunar energy within ourselves. Okay. Now, tell us, because I promised, I promised our listeners that you'd, you'd, you'd give us breathing techniques and, and, and posture techniques as far as yoga is concerned. But give us, let's be part of the workshop now. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Okay, so first of all, we need, what we need to do is we need to really make ourselves comfortable. Everyone's on lunch, so hopefully no one's driving past the car and try and make yourself comfortable. Yes, and, um, and it's always good to be able to be in a seated position because when we, when we calm and we center ourselves, we need to become grounded. Mm-hmm. So please don't stand and practice. You might just, you know, we, we, we're not responsible for anything that happens beyond. <laughs> so be seated. Be seated, be comfortable. And if you're wearing shoes, take off your shoes. If, if you're in a workplace, take off your shoes. The idea is to just feel reconnected. So sit in any cross-legged, straight-legged, sitting on a chair, really doesn't matter. Or on the floor, if, Absolutely, if you yes, whatever you do. But, but it's not a lying-down session, please. It's <laughs> about sitting. It's about reconnecting consciously. So I'm sitting down and just relax the hands, okay? Just let the hands go. Let them just fall on your lap and keep your palms open so that you'll be in a more receptive energy mode. And then just very slowly and gradually take your attention into your body and become aware of the space of your upper body and then your lower body. And you feel in the area of the navel, it's area that we connect with the solar energy and it's a solar plexus. So as you're breathing, we're going to focus on that. So what will help us is you place our hands, place the right hand onto the navel area, mm-hmm. and you place your left hand slightly on top of that. And so now with the hands, we're reconnecting with what we call the solar power. And then, and as you sit, just slowly adjust the spine, so that you want to begin to lengthen the spine. So as we're sitting, the hips, and the lower body, they form like a little basin. You know, when you're growing a plant, you're nurturing a plant, that's that pot, pot soiling and, and, and the between nutrients in there. So feel that that is the basin of your body. 
by the way, the eyes closed or, or open at this point? Um, it's always good to be able to close your eyes, so it's about going in within. And so <clears throat> it's sit with that feeling of just creating that little basin below the navel area from the hips. And then as you take your, ancient, your attention down to the base of your spine, just feel that you're going to lengthen that. And as you begin to lengthen your upper body, it's almost as you're consciously taking the stem of the beautiful plant within you to rise up towards the light. So ultimately we can all shine like beautiful rainbows. And then as the hands are faced upwards, I mean as the hands are still on our belly area, so as you're breathing, take your attention down to the base of your lungs and you'll feel that there's a slight extension, there's an expansion in the navel area. Actually, it's your diaphragm that's expanding. So we're just breathing into that space and as you lift it up with your hands, little pressure that just helps you make it more palpable and as you exhale, gently draw the navel in back into the body, almost in the direction towards the spine so that you're hollowing and you're helping to just to support the emptying of your lungs. So in yoga, we do all the breathing through the nose. So as we breathe in, inhaling through the nose and making a gentle sound as if you're a little baby and having the sound of making, as you're just about to fall asleep. So it's, it's what we call the victory breath. So you breathe in, expanding, and as you exhale, just draw the navel back in very gently and then... As you empty the lungs, you'll begin to feel a state of relaxation. So breathing in again. And feel that holding of that energy within you, that's the vitality. And as you exhale, breathing out. As you breathe out, just breathe out all your tensions and worries and anxieties. And breathing in again. This time have a feeling of upliftment, reaching out, expanding your whole being. And as you breathe out again, just subside like those waves in the ocean. So reconnect with this undulation of the wave of expansion and relaxation, expansion and contraction. And then become aware that this entire universe is just one breath in, we expand through the consciousness and as we breathe out, we draw back into the core of our being. And an exercise like this on a daily basis, just five minutes we can begin with, we can expand it and go into ten minutes, even fifteen minutes. And then just to still the mind, by listening to the sound of the breath, we redirect the mind to come back into this moment. And as we feel that energy and the power building within us, is a feeling of uprising, of uplifting. And that uplifting is away from our mundane connections, our mundane day-to-day activities. We rise above every situation. And as we exhale, we go back into the core of our being. And so we float out into the universe and we float back inside. There's a beautiful flowing, gentle, graceful feeling and as we connect with the breath, we connect with grace, the higher powers, higher consciousness. <laughs> wow. Wow. I'm hoping that, you know, somebody took advantage of that and, and, and started doing this. Because you suggesting, and it's a very peaceful space to go into, and you suggesting five minutes of your day 
morning, noon, any time when you feel when you feel the need. Any time. That five minutes could even be done frequently. You know, morning, mm. afternoon, evening. And the more you tap into that inner power, you're going to be enjoying it so much, the time will actually stand still. Mm -hmm. And then it's all about quality in that moment. So even though it's five minutes, those five minutes, if you really get that feeling, it's a moment of eternity. That's the joy. Hmm. Okay, my guest in the studio is Pramila, and she is... um, um, Yoga um, instructor, but also does a whole lot of other things. And we just gave you a, a, a taste of what the workshop was about this weekend. And I missed it. So I thought, why not? We would like to share it with you in the studio. So we're taking your calls if you want to ask any questions on 0892 102010. And uh, you can talk to, to her directly, and we're talking yoga and beyond. Um, how important is it, though, uh, Pramila, to, to have this practice on a daily basis? I mean, you know, yoga is not the usual thing. You know, people run, people go to gym. and, and How different is it as an exercise? <clears throat> so we have different styles of yoga. And in the different styles of yoga, you get that's almost like that athletic style of yoga. And that is more for people who are very physically driven. And there are those who have, want to have more calming, uh, balancing effect. And then we have what we call the more synchronization of the body, breath, and mind aspect. So there are different styles of yoga out there. One needs to really go and explore and see what suits your own psycho you know, the, 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 your mental aspect or your spiritual aspect best. But the important thing is, is what the yoga does. It allows us to explore our bodies, and that's what we did in the workshop mm-hmm. at Artscape, mm-hmm. is that we go into different postures, different movements, and then it could be the tree posture, it could be the cat, it could be the dog, it could be the warrior. And then we connect with those teachers. what do you the teacher, yeah, the, the teacher teacher. The instructor okay. will guide. It's it's you, you guide him through the process. Okay. And and I think I don't think any of those women have ever done the yoga before, but they did it with so much awareness. They did it so beautifully, and you could see they were really in the moment. And that is a part of yoga. Is that if you if you if you it's, it's about how you switch off that external world and switch on that inner light within you. And you are free to explore your being. And so by placing the hands and feet and the bodies in different positions, we are able to work on an organic level, using working through different organs, working through the circulatory system, the endocrine system, the digestive system. So all the systems of the body are actually harmonized, they're rejuvenated. And it's, that is where we have so much energy that gets released. Because a lot of people say yoga is a healer. Um, you 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 heal certain parts of your body. But earlier on, we started talking about how you can heal traumas and and pain and all of those kinds of things. How does that happen? Um, it's been scientifically proven how the breathing techniques are able to take us beyond our threshold of pain. Okay. And, um, and, and, and and one can, you know, one can Google these um, scientific researchers. 
Um, but it's it's really about how we balance the left and the right brain. And so when the when when the right brain is becomes more dominant, we can switch off that beta brain which is so active. Mm. And then we are able to transcend through the breath, the power of the breath. We breathe through that process. When there's pain, one takes a breath and one modulates it, directs it through that time. And, 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 and you're able to, it's that wave carries you through that moment. So instead of crunching and becoming smaller and holding onto the pain, mm. the breath opens up that area. It brings more life force for healing. And that allows us the oxygen, the life force, the nutrients are now, they no longer, um, they, it's, it's that air is no longer small, it's expanded. And so all the f- beautiful flow of nutrients, the life force, the water, everything the body needs, we create a space, an opening. Hmm. Let's speak with Edson. Edson, hello, welcome. Hello. Um, um, your, your practitioner there. Pramila. Yeah, has, has she mentioned anything about the religious side of, of, of this yoga thing? Um, not yet, but... Not yet. Because, you know, when you really look at it fundamentally, this talk about power. Uh, there's no question that there are powers, but it's obviously spiritual powers which bring this consciousness, which bring this energy, which bring it. And the question that comes usually is what kind of powers, what kind of energy? Because there are all sorts of powers out there, evil ones, uh, which one can, by just being open to them, we see it happening in some African traditional religions. <clears throat> One mm. becomes possessed by that power. That's a very dangerous thing. Are you saying yoga could be part of the, the, the negative powers? I'd like people just to, 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 to think along those lines as well, because we, we, we tend to think that anything that comes and does something that works is okay. It's not okay. It's not all okay. And I, I, I hear you, but... many questions on that, especially when you get to the spiritual level. It's not just the body. It, it, as you notice, touches the mind and you touch here and you touch the other. Mm-hmm. It's not just the body. It's actually allowing that body to be used by other powers. Hmm. That, that's very interesting. Thank you, Edson. We'll, we'll, we'll get Pramila to respond to that. Okay. Thank you. Pamela, the dangers of yoga being in, 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 in the fields that we train in and we teach, we don't tap into anything of that sort. In fact, that is not the realm within which we are working. Our the realm that we are working is that positive power about bringing about a sense of peace and calm and serenity. Mm-hmm. That is the intention with which we are working. That's the language of yoga. If anybody, of course, you know, in, the, in the world there are polarities, and if anybody wishes to use any type of power in a negative, we believe it comes back to you. Mm-hmm. So we don't ever, ever deal with that. We don't encourage that. We don't pursue that. It is not in the domain with which we work at all. And are the stories, any kind of stories of yoga being used in a, in a negative way? Uh, you know, we I've never heard we've them. Never, we've never, we don't, we don't, we don't, dig into that realm at all. We are here, it's about peace, it's about our personal evolution. And it's the intent, and when we, when we make a sincere intent to heal ourselves, to improve ourselves, that intent is meant to spread 
in our communities, our families, our communities. It's about bringing good into the world. It's mm. about using the natural. We, we, we use a symbolic, um, you know, aspect like when you're breathing in, feel that the forest of lung, the forest of trees is in your lungs. Mm. That's the language you speak. Rory in Johannesburg, welcome. Hi. Hi. Thanks. I'd like to ask Pumla, what, is she b- belong to any particular school of yoga? Yes, I have different training in yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, the lineage that I follow comes from the Desika Char lineage, um, which is um, from Krishnamachari. He was a great exponent um, yes. in revolutionizing yoga. Yeah. And so the yoga style that I teach, mm-hmm. it's, 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 a inter- it's inter- integral yoga with the philosophy and it's the physical, the Hatha yoga. And it's encouraged people to become community workers. So we bring all aspects of yoga, the knowledge uh, aspect of yoga, we bring all that into the process. Okay. What's your interest, Rory? No, well, because I'm an, uh, I belong to the Iyengar school. Yes, Iyengar is a very beautiful, I mean, you know. also springs from Krishna, uh, from exactly, Krishna Exactly, it's the same, it's the same lineage of yoga, yes. that's absolutely yes. true. And, and yes, Iyengar appeals to, to, to people who have a very strong physicality, who intend to have a very strong physicality. And, and the yeah. yoga that we teach is a little, is a little more softer, it's, 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 it's about um, it's where people feel they're not strong enough, but how we can build them into that level. Okay. So it's it's a lot about using the breath to direct us into the postures. Okay. How did, how has it helped you, Rory? Well, I suffer from multiple sclerosis, mm-hmm. which is a chronic disease yes. of the nervous system. Yes. Uh, and I'm still walking about. Uh, I'm I'm 74 years old. Yes. And I was diagnosed when I was 51, I think. How old are you now? I'm 74 now. Wow. And I'm quite sure that without Iyengar Yoga, in fact, I think I would be gone. Oh, Rory, that's a good story to hear. We wish you all the best and great health, okay? Okay. Thank you very much. Very interesting. Thanks. Thank you very much for calling in. Uh, If you're still trying to get hold of us, 0892-102010. Pramila Vassan, we're talking yoga and the benefits of it, benefits of breathing, and uh, we're taking your calls on 0892-102010. But right now, um, it is... uh, yeah, it's it's time for news headlines with Utsila Sako. Oh, okay. No, we'll get to the Utsila at the moment. But that's an amazing story from Rory, huh? Yeah, Shadow, we have so many amazing stories. Um, how yoga has benefited people, how it's changed their lives. Even for, you know, depression has become so rife. And when people start to reconnect with their bodies, they start to open their minds, they start to use that breath to start to redirect that energy within them, it's as if they begin to really blossom. And so people, I really urge people to go and explore different schools of yoga and find the one that really works for you. Mm. Is there a particular age when one can do yoga or one cannot do yoga? I think the younger, I mean, the age is, um, I think, around about, 10 is, is, is a reasonable, is a good age, or 7 or something. But it depends. Uh, you will teach certain postures at a young age and not all the postures. We'll come back to you. Usila Sako is here with news headlines. Okay. Um, it is Shadow Twala in the studio and not Nancy. Uh, Pramila Vassan is in the studio with me. We're talking yoga. We're talking benefits. We're talking about ages. But in a few minutes, I've asked um, Pramila to give us another practical um, uh, uh, practice rather we, we, we can use now to to uh, 
take home and, and probably apply to our lives on a daily basis. But let's talk about those ages again. There are certain postures like postures like the bird in the headstand. You won't give it to somebody that is very young because um, the, the bones have to be properly developed. And so we do teach young kids, even nowadays in preschool also we are teaching them, but we are teaching them more the fun element. We are teaching the dog, we are teaching the tree, the cat stretch, the crocodile. So all these different animal postures which the children can connect with, mm-hmm. because what it also helps them, it's, it integrates their the, 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 the human life together with the animal kingdom. So they start to feel that they are all these friends. When you do a giraffe, your giraffe becomes your friend, your tree becomes your friend. So it's very beautiful philosophy to bring up little ones in. Um, so yes, and so as we progress older, we just, what we have is we can, we are able to deepen that practice with awareness. Mm-hmm. And we can explore more mindfully when we do the different practices. And so age is never restricted in terms of the yoga. It's your own physical capabilities is where you are now and how you can transform from where you are now and you can measure your improvement and then you find yourself on the next level. And that's the beauty. I want to talk about the different types, but Notando is on the phone. Notando, hello, welcome. Thank you very much. Hi. Hi. Um, I just wanted to make a comment. Um, I've got a, a wellness yoga studio in Johannesburg, and um, and one of the reasons um, I, I opened it was to actually introduce the world of yoga to black people. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the caller that was in that called in a bit earlier, you know, spoke about what I believe are the neg- negative misconceptions of yoga, mm-hmm. where you know people say that it's opening yourself up to negative energies, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And you find that a lot of people who haven't um, but, you know, been, been exposed to yoga, haven't actually even had one yoga class, will we'll go around talking about those kind of things. The positive elements of yoga are innumerable. It's about knowledge of self. It's about bringing your mind, body, and soul in unison and, and you know, connecting with your higher self. And essentially connecting to God. It's not a religion. Um, it's about increasing your spirituality, whatever religion you practice. It, it supports your, your religion practice because it's about your spiritual self-awareness. Well, Natanda, um, I'm, I'm excited that you're calling and you're calling as a black person as well because the, the, and I'm glad you've had these experiences. But what, what brought you to yoga? What brought me to yoga is, you know, I was going through a very difficult patch in my life. Um, you know, privately, I was going through a divorce. I was in a very... Um, demanding job, single mom, etc. And being able to cope was becoming a challenge. Okay. And, you know, I tried a number of things, and yoga was the one thing that allowed me to still my mind, to get my body fit and strong, and to just allow myself to be a better, better person for myself and for the people around me. And it's grounded me so immensely, and it's allowed me to become a more spiritual person. So whether you're, I'm, I'm going to church, whether I'm going to mosque, etc., I think if, if you really understand what yoga is about, and a lot of, you know, we love to judge things that we don't get close to. We love to see something from afar, and we don't understand it. If you actually understand what yoga is about, it's, it's really about making yourself a better person to be a better spiritual person. But what, you know, what, a what, what, I need to interrupt you because I need to know your initial. I mean, you could have gone any other way, but you went to yoga. So what, what, 
kind of introduced you to it, apart from your circumstances, when somebody suggests, why didn't you go to a shrink, for instance, as opposed to yoga, you know? So how did you get introduced to it? And what were you, did you have any fears at the, at, at the beginning? Mm. Well, I've been, I think I'd, I'd done yoga on and off for a while. Ah, okay. Um, but, but, you know, when you read about it, you, it talks, they talk, you know, it talks about peace, getting peace, serenity, um, you know, grounding, being more centered. So it's like, okay, let me, and, and when I, and I hadn't done it for a while when I was, you know, going to my own personal crisis mode. But I thought, let me really give this a proper shot mm-hmm. and see if I can get this tranquility. And it's very difficult initially because, we, you know, you have to face yourself. To, to, to get stillness of mind, you have to face yourself and face whatever's making your, you know, all the turmoil within. So, you know, the first couple of classes, you think, oh, my gosh, this is too hectic. But you just stick it out, and you really get a, a sense of inner calm and peace and love. Oh, I love you, too. No time, no good luck with your center. And uh, I, I think Pramila wants to give you some words of encouragement as well. Thank you. I, I really concur with you. It's 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 what we call it's it's the experiential aspect that one is able to share, and so there is a lot of skepticism up there. But you know, it's I believe that skepticism was the way back. Yoga has become so much in work. It's become so inclusive in society today. I have also taught yoga at um, when I was part of the wellness initiative in the province. I've been out to schools and I've taught yoga in schools. I've been to churches and I've taught them in churches, and if the end result is to say, wow, I feel so good. Wow, I didn't know that I had a liver on the side. Wow, I didn't <laughs> know. I didn't I was only use my tummy because for eating, but now I can really feel. Now I know mm. I have lungs. That is what it's all about. It's about how do we value what we have. Mm. How do we have that? The self-respect comes from being able to experience it deep within us. No, Tanda, thank you. Good luck, hey? Very much. Thank you very much. Harry in PE, hello, welcome. Yes, Kofi. Actually, the previous call almost summed up what I wanted to say ah. about, you know, being free to explore, you know, as and uh, there's no reason for it to conflict with any religion. Um, I happen to have done yoga for about 30-odd years, and it's led me to all sorts of interesting things in my lifetime, and I've read a bit of the Bhagavad Gita. I've been over to India and to a proper ashram, and wow. it's never, ever altered my, um, it's never, ever veered my course of religion. I happen to like the Hindu religion because I think it's such a peaceful, calm religion. But what I also, and as a result of practicing um, the yamas and the new yamas, which I took step by step, I've become vegetarian, I've gone into the world of therapies, all as a result of that very first yoga lesson that I took. Are you eating better or feeling better? Your body feels good? Yes, I became vegetarian about five years ago and vegan about a year ago. You know, so as your guest will maybe touch on the yamas and the niyamas of the observances of non-violence um, of yoga. So what I'm saying to people, don't be scared to um, explore the so-called, in brackets, mystical sides of yoga because we don't have to apologize for looking at those things. For mm. example, in the gyms, They'll say to you, um, you can teach yoga, but don't call it meditation, call it relaxation. I mean, that's a lot of nonsense. I mean, you should be free to say meditation. If you understand the limitations of it, you're not going to be floating off somewhere or lose your your thoughts, you know. So um, on the one hand, while we must be sensitive to people, 
we also have a right to say what we feel about yoga, you know, the yoga students. Most importantly, to do what you like with your body. That's right. So if your guest has got a chance maybe just to look at the yamas, ni yamas, it's quite an interesting concept. It's almost like the Ten Commandments in another sort of a way. Okay. No, um, so okay, thank you very much. All right, Harry, thank you very much. Thanks. And I'm, I'm not right. sure that we can cover those today because we've got a short time. But Mahlangu, you online. Hello. Uh, yes, ma'am. Hello. Hi. Yes, ma'am. Um, I just want to express the gratitude having this uh, this program um, um, and uh, this uh, day. Um, I just want and I say that I've been uh, buying a lot of books regarding regarding, regarding um, the yoga, mm-hmm. including the Gandhi books, and I read it and I find that it, it is really helpful because you you really live internally instead of externally mm. so it helps uh, very very much uh, for me because i remember there is this um um the the daughter the younger daughter of my brother mm. who fallen sick mm. and it was not known what kind of sickness is it but i keep on you know doing a yoga thinking positive visualizing him being alive mm. and healed and at the end of the day i find my brother called me he said um his daughter is now better, more better, and I found that it really works. Matangu, have you practiced yoga? Um, actually, yes, I, I did practice it, but uh, in a way that, uh, you know, mentally. Mm, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Thank you very much for your call. Is, 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 this, is this a possibility that um, if you don't practice physically and just the, the, the mentally, it's still a, a particular part of yoga? Yes, you know, it is, the mind is very, very powerful. Whatever we set our mind to do is able to be able to translate it into our bodies. So the, pos- the positive thinking is that's the consciousness you are tapping into, and that's the intention with which you are working. So with him, when he wanted to heal his, the, the, you know, the little girl, mm-hmm. um, he was able to use the, the power of positive intention and, and through his calmness, he was able to translate that into the little one. Mm, mm. And we can do that. We see that even in parents, when a little baby is sick, mm. when the mother holds that baby, that the baby must get well soon, those are positive vibrations we are experiencing. Mm. And that's part of the healing, is by changing that vibrational energy, that magnetic energy around us. Mm. You were going to give us another, because I wanted you to just briefly go through the different types of yoga, not the commandments as such, mm-hmm. but the different types of yoga, because you practice yoga from a different part, mm-hmm. and somebody else practices the yoga from the gentleman who called us earlier who, who, mm-hmm. who was sick. Um, how do we know which ones to go for? How does one choose between the variety that exists? We all have our individual personalities, and then and we and we gravitate towards that which feels more comfortable, which feels more safe, and even if, if you want challenging, that that's what it will be. So I give an example, like a call that called in about their yoga. Mm-hmm. Um, they very they very much driven about precision, and that's very beautiful because those who are really mentally geared to be perfectionists who want to take their body to the greater level, to the next level. They're able to feel very comfortable in that environment. It's really athletes, they would very much like that. 
Um, then you have the, the yoga, which is what known the common hatha yoga, which takes you to what we call the classical yoga poses. Mm. And um, and then and then you would feel more comfortable in that style. And you have the other part. You have like the kundalini, which is oh, that's a sting one, eh? Yes, which is a lot of you know rapid breathing and rapid. Quite, it's quite vigorous in some act, interactions with your own self. Mm-hmm. And and so that is what it is. That's why I keep on telling people there are so many schools out there. There are so many styles out there. Go and explore, because you don't even know what you really want until you have an experience in that moment. Mm-hmm. And that's what you would obviously stay with. Okay. Before you go, can you make us do the cat stretch? Because I want to get into my animal space. Okay. So the cat stretch. People, take note. Okay. So we must also remember. How long does it take? You just guide me in terms of the time. Okay. Uh, We need to remember that there are a lot of fun elements to yoga. There's laughter to yoga. There's exploration. If you tumble and fall, you laugh it off. You, You just don't beat yourself up. It's about have a spirit of fun as well. So today we have with a spirit of fun, we're going to do the cut stretch. So those of us, um, if you are sitting or standing, then come onto all fours. So in other words, um, you, you're coming down to all fours as if you're about to crawl for the first time in your life. Okay. <laughs> so, and remember, this is going to be fun. So let's come up onto our knees. You, you can't do that. You can't do that because we need you to talk to us. <laughs> so don't go on your knees, but tell us what I'm to do. I'm going to tell you what to do. Okay. So we go onto all fours. Imagine you're crawling for the very first time and mm-hmm. you place your hands are directly under your armpits. And then the base of your arm needs to be in alignment with your knees on either side. So you're going to be drawing a square between your arms and your legs. And your legs. It can be a square or rectangle depending on your body shape. So that is, so we need to just get that alignment in place. Okay. Okay. All fours. Right. And so now as you spread your hands out, imagine these are the claws of the cat and you want to really grip. Mm-hmm. So that gripping starts to strengthen your muscles. Okay. And then as you just drop the head between the arms, have a fear that your head is just sinking. And, and just let all those thoughts go. Don't hold on to them. Just free your mind, free your head space. Let's drop your head between your arms. Let's take a deep breath in, the breath moving in from the navel area. So we take a breath in, breathing in. And as you inhale, lifting the head up very gently. And as you do that, you round your back and you lift your tailbone up. So you're having a little gentle curve in the spine. Spine, yes. And as you breathe out, you unfold back to the stars. You bring your head back into the downward position. And you realign the spine and you tuck your tailbone in. And this time... You take your, you lift your spine right up as you're stretching like the cat. You need to feel that you're really stretching into that space. And then as you exhale, you just let it go. So it's synchronizing the in-breath, that upward movement of the head, curving the spine curving gently. Curving the spine. And so lifting the tailbone really. up. Absolutely. And, and as you exhale, right. you just do the opposite. Your head falls back between your arms and you lift your spine up as if someone is drawing and lifting you up. And you tuck the tailbone down again. <laughs> and this what this does is it, it loses all the muscle fibers along your spine. It sends that energy flowing back in. So there's no more stagnation. Once you move, there's no more stagnation. 
I love that. I love it so much. And every time you talk about breathing, it's always centered around your navel. Yeah, it's, it's we, we didn't have time to really go into it, but it's called what we call abdominal breathing or diaphragmatic breathing. Mm-hmm. And it takes us away from using just the upper lobes of the lungs. We're engaging the upper, middle, and the lower lobes, and we engage the diaphragm consciously. You must come back and visit me again. Sure, I mean, this I'd is, love to. This is so to. short, and there's so much to learn. You know, I just thought we'd be in and out in 15 minutes, and and you know, talking, breathing, and getting to your getting to know your feminine side. But it it, it just entails so much more. And that practice, the practicals, because I think these are more important. But what can one do to get to know more about yoga? Read books, what books, go to websites, what websites, can you recommend anything? Yeah, there are just a whole host of schools out there. Um, one, of, one of the practices, one of the programs I teach is called the Art of Living Program. And in the program, they have very gentle yoga postures, a very nice, gentle way to introduce people to proper breathing techniques, uh, mind, mindful living, conscious living, healthy living. Um, that's something I would highly recommend because it's, it's that we can change one's lifestyle completely mm. um, for the better. Um, and there are a whole lot of others out there. But for me, I'd highly recommend the Art of Living programs because it is an all-encompassing. The Art of Living programs. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining me, Pramila. And I, I promise you, we'll have you back again. Any way people can contact you? Yes, by all means. What would you like? A telephone number? You could no, no. Wait, your email address. My email address is best. Tulsi, which is T U. L-S-I at mweb.co.za. Pamela Vassen, thank you so much. Thank you. It was a pleasure having you. You take care. Thank you. All right. What do you think is Madiba's biggest legacy? Well, the SABC, Telcom and Nelson Mandela Center of Memory invite you to record a message for Madiba. Call 0800-333-803 to leave your message in less than a minute. Standard rates apply. SAFM may broadcast some of your messages. Otherwise... On SAFM. It's now time for our children's program.